Take my hand Take my little hand Walk with me And if you can Understand I didn't plan For this road I'm on But here I stand Hello, you're listening to the Sweet Baby O podcast. I'm Lynn Browder, and I have a son, Owen, who is 11 and has autism. This is about our journey, mostly about my emotions, but a lot about the journey. The last few weeks, it seems like we've been up and down with emotions, uh, his, mine, ours together. And we have to work together as a team to figure out how to handle all of it. I tell him all the time that one of the things we have to work on is our patience. And that will lead to kindness and grace with others. It's hard some days when an emotion is what drives us and When you are stuck in the middle of something, it's hard to move forward. It's hard to think about anything else besides that moment. Working through emotions, working through what causes those emotions is one of the things that I'm focused on because if I can keep myself calm, if I can keep Owen calm, if I can keep us calm together, That helps both of our moods, both of our situations, the stability of what we're working on, and keeps us moving forward. It's not always easy. It's not an easy process to think about and to control and to work with. I breathe. Kindness and grace is something that it's, it's what I've tried to talk to him about and still in him and tell him that that's how we have to present ourselves. We may be having a rough day. We may be not able to process something or uh, thinking through an emotion that's gotten us to this point, but we still have to put the foot forward to give others, give ourselves kindness and grace. That's, you know, life skills, emotions, life's emotions, those aren't always easy to teach or to share or to feel, but it's something that's very important to kind of stabilize where we are and get a grasp of what we're working through. It's an emotional ride. And that's one of the things that I have to concentrate on. I have to think about, I have to look at. And with Owen, he's learning to process it all. He's learning to find his emotions and get through those moments. I can tell, just like he can tell, when he is about to scream or be in that moment very upset about something. It 
doesn't always show that way, but the moments I see something on his face, I know that he's about to have a rocky experience. And that is emotional for me because I have to stay ahead of that because the meltdowns will come right in those moments, right in those moments forward when he is about to go into that zone. I breathe. It keeps me on an edge. It keeps me always wanting to stop the moments before they happen because a meltdown is something that can take 10 minutes to get over or four days or he'll think about it in weeks to come. And so those moments are what we have to focus on. Teaching Owen to relax and to breathe. And sometimes it's it's a moment that I want him to snap out of it. And so there's words that he can associate with those moments. I start with asking him questions and, and trying to get him to count. And a lot of times him counting backwards 10 to 1 is help more helpful for him than having him just count. And it takes his brain a few seconds to adjust to what he's doing. His his newer thing is to bite his finger. And he doesn't bite it to the point where he breaks the skin, but he has bitten it where it's very red. And so this is one of his new... Um, distractions, new moments where it's taking away um, <clears throat> his anger, his emotion for that moment. But it's still something that we have to work on because you know one doesn't help the other, doesn't take away from him biting his finger. That's still <clears throat> an emotional driven moment. Well, we have to find ways to adjust that as well. I always say autism is as much about how I handle it as it is about Owen having it. And this is definitely part of this because I have to control my own emotions. I have to be calm. I have to not cry. I have to smile. I have to be supportive. I have to have the, the moment in time where I'm calm. As upset as he gets, there are days that I'm that upset too. Something, everything, all the things upset me, make me sad, make me angry, make me just exactly the same things that he's going through. It's when, as a parent, I have both his emotions to deal with and my emotions to deal with that's hard. And that's that's the thing with being a parent. You are dealing with every bit of every step. His emotions, my emotions, what he's doing, where he's going, how I'm going, where I'm going just every bit of it. And so when he refuses to do something and he's getting to that age where 
age and size, I can't necessarily pick him up. I can't pick him up. I shouldn't say necessarily. I can't pick him up to move him or get him dressed or put him, you know, in, you know, in his bed or any of those things. He has to help me through the process at bedtime and he has to get dressed. I help him get dressed, but he has to want to get dressed because if he doesn't want to get dressed, he will scream about it. He'll lay on the floor. He'll hide under the blankets. And it just goes from there. So I don't want to engage that moment. I don't want to put him in a position where it is skyrocketing because all that does is set my emotions rolling as well at the same time his arm. We breathe. We breathe, and every day is a new day, and every day has its moments, its chaos, its consequences, its changes, and all of these things, since my baby loves routine, throw that wrench into the moment. And so when we talk about something that is supposed to happen, he wants to go to the bowling alley or to church or to school or to ride the bus or to one of his therapist appointments, whatever it is, if we talk about it and that thing, that event, that moment doesn't happen, then I hear about it just as much, if not more, than when the thing happened. <laughs> and so we go in circles and trying to find a way to redirect a behavior when that behavior is part of his makeup, part of the way he learns, part of the way he processes, it's hard. And I'm not trained in repetitive behaviors. I'm not trained in how to you know, stop a behavior or work through a behavior. But I know I have to get to those points. So you, you work through something and you think you've got it under control. And then in 20 minutes, two minutes, three hours, he is down that path again. And so working through something that is just going to come back and sometimes it comes back tenfold. He talks and talks more and more and more and more and more and more about it. He will literally get an inch from my, from my nose or touch my nose and say the same word over and over again. Church, 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 church. And sometimes he doesn't even pronounce the full word. He will say parts of words and expect me to respond or to have an answer or to say the exact same things. Now, there's rules, there's routines, there's ways that you're supposed to change these habits, adjust these habits. But I can tell you that when your child is screaming at you for 20 minutes or 10 minutes or two seconds about something that you know is going to spiral, if you don't answer, it, it's automatic. Your brain doesn't shut off to say, oh, I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, Z steps to prevent these repetitive behaviors. Your brain is already in the repetitive behavior. 
it is so hard to keep a ahead of all of the things that I'm supposed to learn, I'm supposed to know, I'm supposed to be part of the procedure to stop the repetitive behavior. So here I am answering the question that I just said we're not going to talk about again in one way, for one way, shape, form, however we said it, and go from there. I've been trying to say, okay, you know the answer, one and done. We've said it, we've discussed it, we are done. It works sometimes. Then sometimes he will scream about him knowing the answer, and then he'll tell me it's one and done, and I don't know where to go from there. I don't know how to answer or stop or when he's taking the words that we're using to try to stop the process and then using those words as the repetitive behavior. So where do we go from here? Where do I take that and learn myself to be in control over a moment that I have no control over? breathe. (laughs) It's a learning process. It's a complete and utter learning process. Words have become so automatic to me, and it's part of that makeup to stop a behavior when I know that it's spiraling. I know there's other answers. I know there are other ways. We are in numerous therapies. We have numerous doctors that are helping the process. We have, you know, so much support from his church family, our church family, and then from his school and his teacher and the aides and the therapist there and the support that we have there. He has made incredible strides. He is learning so much. He knows. I I can't imagine all of the facts that he knows. And this is where it's hard because as our World Wide Web is out there, the, the videos that are produced and the things that he has at his grasp, when wrong information or wrong words or something that doesn't necessarily make sense, but then is part of his world, that can cause that learning experience to be incomplete. And it's not necessarily wrong, it's just the way he processes it or looks at something. And so teaching him that a character that is drawn by somebody or created by, you know, the the computer or something, if he looks at a character and it's a person, a character person, and they don't have eyebrows or they don't have a nose or they have no mouth or whatever the situation is, he fixates on a particular part, like if they don't have eyebrows or, you know, in in like his toys, he has a toy that doesn't have eyebrows, it doesn't have a nose, and he will talk about that because it doesn't represent his vision or what he's seeing about a face. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with that character or that, you know, toy or that's the way it's presented or that's the way it's designed or that's the way it's supposed to be. And it's all creative. But it's getting him to understand that a creative moment isn't necessarily representing everything that is a bird or a person. So he will talk about how a bird doesn't have a nose. That's a beak. Well, technically, birds have noses. And I I don't know. It's such a learning experience for me because I don't know that all animals have a quote-unquote nose. They may breathe another way or their lungs. It's a guess. There's so many guesses on how animals noses would look or what they breathe with or how they're developed. So it's a complete learning experience for me and teaching him about a bird and how they technically have a beak and a nose and even my limited knowledge about this, I'm having to do research on animals and characters and what they are like. And, and it's not even just persons or animals. It can be trains and how trains have faces because that's the character and how this train doesn't have a face because that's not the character. It, it's an amazing journey. It's an amazing journey to watch my son collect information, process it, and then share it in his version. And that's how we all do it. But to learn it from my son and see how he processes information that's out there, right, wrong, and different, you know, correct information, wrong information, and, and then add in the fact that he is learning all kinds of languages. I I can't even imagine how many languages my son either comprehends, knows some of, can read or talk in that language. I am just amazed, baffled, uh, proud of, uh, baffled because I can't even believe how many things he knows until he's standing there sharing something with me that's completely random that he probably has learned off of a video. And so when we use words, he will take that word and he holds on to it. He can tell me something that happened five years ago, word for word, 10 years ago? Well, not 10. <laughs> Seven, eight, I don't know. Maybe 10. He was, he was one. He, he's starting to process all of these things. So, and, and it goes through a ripple effect because what he knows today, he may put that on a shelf and use at a later time. That goes for his reading, his understanding of how to spell words. I'm amazed at what he learns, what he processes, what he puts on a shelf, what he uses at a particular time, and then what he shares later. I am always in awe of my son because (laughs) he's brilliant. He's beyond brilliant. 
It's working through all of those steps to continue to help him grow. It's training me to figure out how to help him. That's that's where we're at. That's where the moments in time are to keep him moving forward, to keep me moving forward. It is almost summer. And I don't even want to cry about it. I would I want to keep the tears inside. I don't want to even be emotional about it. But every time summer hits, it's an emotional journey because he is going from having school. He knows his school routine. He knows that Saturdays are filled with different activities and then Sunday is church and then he has school, his routine. He has therapies. He has different other things that he goes and he does. But he thrives on that routine. So here we are getting close to summer and I'm already emotional about it. I guess I, I get emotional when he starts school because I know that summer's going to happen again. It's working through how routine changes over summer. Yes, he's going to go to the extended school year, the, the summer school, but it's only a short amount of time. And then our routine changes and it's finding activities that make him want to leave our house, that makes him not think that he has to wait for the routine day. It's hard because he is going to go through all of those emotions. He is going to get to the point where he is stuck on a particular day and needs to be in that moment thinking, okay, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to school. I can't do something else because I should be in school. I'm trying to create a routine for him that is going to replace those moments to keep him moving forward through school, through summer, through summer school, and being able to keep it enough of a routine so that he will thrive. He will still be happy all summer long. He will still be in the moments that he needs to be in. That's a lot to process. It's a lot for him to process. It's a lot for me to process. And it's a lot to find activities that we can go to that he isn't going to be completely out of his comfort zone. He loves swimming now. He loves to go to the pool. We're working on lessons. We're working on keeping that going for him. But he has a hard time processing when we can go to the pool and when we can't go to the pool. It's a constant learning experience. It's a constant changing environment. And that in itself is something that he has to learn. Finding calm in a world of chaos. 
Routine is everything to my son. Routine is what he loves, having that consistency of his days. And so that is where the moments are, creating those moments. It truly is about how I handle it. My son has autism, but it's how I handle those moments. It's just as important for me to understand the process and what he goes through as it is about him having autism itself. I don't have all the answers. I have the love. That's what I have. I do not have the answers to all of these things. I strive to find what works for my son, what works for us. It's a journey. It's a process. And we work together to find those moments. Painting has become important in our lives. It, it has helped me in so many ways. Writing has helped us, helped me, because I, I remember our journey. I walk back through the days. That way, I'm still processing and learning and growing. It has been a passion for me to be able to share our journey. And so I started doing this podcast so that we could share our journey. I've written the book, 365 Days of Autism, and it goes back to our 2017 year and how we process everything. And I look back at that and I reflect and I see the incredible progress my son has come through, that I've come through, and the understanding or still the journey that I need to go through. So I I wrote it. I write every day. I wrote the book. I write every day. I do the podcast. I do these moments to help myself, to help myself through this emotional journey. I always hope that it helps somebody else. If you've never been around autism, I hope that it helps you get through those moments. I hope that it helps you process those moments in time. This journey is is about love. This journey is about how we interact with each other. And kindness and grace is the biggest part of this. So, I truly appreciate each and every one of you being on the journey with us. And you can find my book, 365 Days of Autism, on my website, uh, sweetbabyo.com, or you can find it on Amazon. You can see our paintings on our website as well. And again, that's sweetbabyo.com. You can visit us on our uh, Facebook page, Sweet Baby O, and where we share our paintings, Sweet Baby O Designs. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard the song Down This Road, and it is written by Marcus Oglesby with the band Creek Don't Rise. And you're going to hear the rest of it here in just a moment at the end. So I truly appreciate you being on the journey with us. And I thank you for taking the time to listen to our story. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Life ain't always what we thought it would be. Sometimes 
heavy is the love I won't give up on you Don't give up on me Take my hand down this road Take my hand down this road Understand, I understand, you don't understand the way I am. When you cry, and I don't know why, I'll make you smile when you cry. Where this road will lead, nobody knows. Just come with me and let's see just how far it goes. Take my hand, take my little hand, walk with me, and if you can. Understand, I didn't plan for this road I'm on, but here I stand. And life ain't always what we thought it would be. Sometimes heavy is the load. up on you don't give up on me take my hand down this road take my hand down this road take my hand